episode 11 of Board Games with Variant Hex was hard to title. I'm Kelly, and in this episode, Aaron and I are discussing two-player variants that require a third ghost player. We'll be discussing Taj Mahal, Takedo, and Furnace. Without further ado, I'll turn it over to myself and Aaron discussing three-player games with third-player ghosts. Or, they're two-player games with a third... You'll get it. You'll get it. Because the ghost player wrecked my stuff. I disagree with almost everything you've said. However, we're talking about two-player games that are actually three-player games. In some way, there's another player, we'll put in quotes, interacting with the two of you. And I think there's something about uh, Euro games that can make it really hard to just have a two-player version. It just doesn't balance well. Mm, It's kind of like you need that triangle to balance everything to not have it just be a seesaw of points and experience. Also, it can be without that third ghost player, it can be unrubber banded experience. It can can just be like one person's going to get all the points and then the other person doesn't have a way to kind of come back. Kelly, one by 90. Which is typically not what's happening, but yeah. Yeah, if one person, and especially when there's like luck involved, if one person just gets a lot of luck and it's two players, you know, I think the third player kind of helps balance that out, smooth it out so you get uh, an experience of the game at its three or four player count, but you're just, you know, able to get that done with two people. So the first game that we're talking about is Taj Mahal. It's an older game from 2000. We've talked a lot about Kinesia lately. It's another Kinesia game. Yeah, and I think the thing that I don't like about it, we start off by me talking about how I kind of thought it was fun and interesting. It did kibosh my first game. But you know what? As I'm thinking about it, it reminds me, if we have any listeners who play fantasy football and you have an auction draft and somebody doesn't show up to the draft, and then the auto draft is basically run by a computer, it's chosen for you, and it ruins the market inefficiencies of the draft. And that's what I think maybe happens here in Taj Mahal is there's some market inefficiencies in the way people choose to play out their cards. And the automaton basically takes that aspect of the game away. I'm going to take your word for all of that because I haven't done it. I I liked the level of administration that came with this because it was very easy you just are flipping over a card and it's really not taking it's just taking part in sort of the first part of a turn it's not taking part and on the rest of the map Mm -hmm. too much so in Taj Mahal you have these cards that you are um, playing to get influence and it's a push your luck kind of kind of thing because you want majority in it but if somebody else pulls out with majority before you then you won't get anything for that certain icon and the cards typically have more than one icon on them that you're playing out so you're kind of both weighing how many cards do i want to commit to this at this time how valuable is um what am i trying to win on the map and how valuable is that when you have when you're playing two player and you have this extra player they're just pulling out a card every time so you also have to compute their majorities in with yours right and they play randomly and yeah they're not they they don't have a hand of cards i think they get an extra card they start with an extra card i don't know they start with an extra card but they have a turn more often right so that's right they have a turn in between you and your your opponent's turn yeah so it's close in in one way it's more like a three-player game because they have more cards out there in another way it's a two-player game because they're playing in or a four-player game because they're playing in between right each of the two people present i liked it 
I don't think I liked it just because I won. I think I liked that balance of trying to decide how much should stay in your hand and how much should you play out and looking to see where it was important to spend or not. I found that decision interesting. I think one thing I liked about the the game, because I, I think I need to honestly just play it two player again to decide if I like it because yeah. again, I had a bad experience, but I think in general, the, the game has variable board at the beginning. There's a lot of ways to score points in this game, as I recall. Mm-hmm. And I think having variable board setups, like you're going to go yeah. through the game in a different order every time. Yeah. And that basically can change what the optimal strategy might look like for that particular game state. And I kind of like it when games do that, though it does make them frustrating to learn the best way to win is going to change the first one, two, three, four times you play it until well, you really understand the mechanic. And that's where I wonder the variable board state, how much is it? I think it's changing your decision moment to moment, but I don't know that it's necessarily changing the overarching like way to win in the game. So yeah, that'll be right. that'll be interesting to see with more plays. And that one we have only played once. That's one that we got this year. Uh, moving on to another one we got this year. Te- I I played up. it. You I don't want that to be the thing you have to say every time we mention furnace, but sure. Furnace. I've played it one more time than you have, and it wasn't right. with two players. It was with at least I think at four, Gen, like at Gen Con. At Gen Con, and we didn't quite get to the end of the game. As you play Furnace, you're making a an engine, but not like a, a literal engine, like an engine like a of boiler. No, not like a boiler. You, oh, you said literal already. I'm sorry. You are um, acquiring cards to build that kind of engine, like a card, like they say in card games. So you are trying to get resources to sort of funnel through. So taking a few little resources and putting them into the start of your engine and being able to produce ultimately money to win the game. Whoever has the most money wins the game. So usually the first half of like a round or a turn, I guess a round in Furnace you have eight cards out or a number of cards out and everyone is using these tokens one to four to bid on those. You can't use the same number that's already there. You can't bid where you've already bid with some exceptions for the like individual player powers. When you're playing two player, you're doing the same thing, except there's a dice included and you just roll for the, for the third ghost player. And that player, whatever they roll, that's how you assign their tokens from four to one i think they always put their four down first and in furnace if you don't win the auction you get uh and but you've been on the card for that you get some kind of action yeah i think you get money well no 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 Uh, it's been too long no there's uh, at the top of the card there's like either a resource or a transformation that you're allowed to do oh okay so you might there might be two coal at the top of it and some maybe the ghost player bid a four you can bid a three and get six coal because right. you bid a three. I liked, again, this is another one where, like Taj Mahal, the ghost player is just in that part, that initial part of a turn, of a round, and they don't have any other influence on what you do. It's not like that player then acquires cards or then scores against you, anything like that. It's just there to keep things, I would say, balanced. Aaron would probably say things disturbed as far as what happens and what's available to you and what you have to tactically sort of... Yeah, co- I mean, I- I think that in a sorry the I think that in a game like this, my strength and or weakness, depending on how good I am at it in a particular game, is understanding what my opponents are trying to do oh. and adding having a ghost that's random pisses me off. In the same way that we we used to say like we right. used to play uh, when we first started playing games, Jason will often 
play random but effective strategies and it throws me off because like well i know what adam is going to do a lot of the times or i know what kelly is going to do and i can plan around those actions before they happen i I have no idea what jason is doing still effective still wins a lot of the times when we play yeah throws me off and having a ghost player that does the same thing where it's like oh they threw a die okay how am i see that's that's an interesting point and i feel like that's helping me understand why Taj Mahal and really Furnace because you were a, a little upset at the ghost player in this one too that's how we may understand why you feel that way when we're playing games I could care less what anyone else is doing you could all just be colored blobs you can be AI you could be a computer like it that is not a thing I'm trying to predict other people's actions and when we previously talked about two player games and those verses mm-hmm. especially Hanami Koji I think that's a big part of what I don't like is like, I don't want to spend time in someone else's brain. I have my own brain and there's enough going on in there. I don't. So for the third player to be a dice, honestly, everybody's just dice to me anyway. Right. And that's, I'm always trying to figure out. And that's why I think I didn't like during the pandemic, we played online games a lot. And oh, I, so you I, can't like see people. I can't see people. I can't think about people. I can't, you're not, you know, oh, and gosh. you know, I'm going to be subconsciously processing clues. Like Adam is thinking a lot, which means he isn't going to do the most obvious thing necessarily. So I need to be prepared for that. Or Adam is just talking to Kelly. So probably he's going to do the most obvious thing. Oh my gosh. So yeah. That sounds incredibly exhausting to me. But that's why, that's why I never talk. I got to. <laughs> I guess so. I guess so. All these things that are true about Furnace, which is a great enough game that I'm willing to deal with the randomness to play it two-player, yeah. are not true about the next game. Uh, about Takedo. No, and I would like more examples of this one. This is the only one I can think of. I want to believe that we've played another game where this is true. The ghost player is like a shared control. Mm-hmm. So you both get the opportunity to control this other player. In Takedo. It's a classic game, but I'm, I'm going to go ahead and explain it. Yeah. You are traveling along, like the board is super simple. It's really just a line. It's so elegant. Dots. I love it. And you are traveling along a road. To, I think the road is called Takedo yeah, Road. I think and you're it's going a from Edo thing. to Takedo or from Takedo to Edo. I Something don't like that. And you're really just trying to have a nice trip so you can paint landscapes you stop and eat food you meet travelers along the way you do enjoy some shopping. the hot springs you do the hot springs every once in a while you stop by the bank get a little more money you might paint did you so, say painting already you might i think said i said painting, painting already. already so when you're playing two player as you go down this road you can choose to go as far as you'd like or you and whoever is it, the furthest gold. behind goes next so when you have this ghost player, as you're taking up those spots on the road, because in two players, someone else can't go where you are. Right. So now you have this other player that you can kind of strategically move around and decide, like, how can they maybe intervene with what the other person's trying to do? I think it even works in the narrative of if you're all traveling along this road together and you're all, you know, trying to have a great time, that you're kind of sending this guy to certain locations in a way that is going to, like, annoy your fellow traveler who's also trying to get that thing done. It's like, oh, he's in, he's in the spot where I needed to paint. I can't paint today. That's the fourth time moving. you send Jimmy to the Bath Springs. So, yeah, I really like that one where you kind of are trying to thwart the other person. But, again... I said, I've said before that I don't always like adversarial two-player games. It doesn't feel that way, I think, because you both have the opportunity to control to them. To control, yeah. And because Takedo is pretty free of movement, where you can go as far forward or not as you want. So you can 
look ahead. Everything's already out there. It's not like you're turning over a card to, to see what might I get to do? Like all those right. locations are already out there. You can see how many there are until your next yeah. four stop. There's a couple of the locations that you have to draw cards and your result can be random. But yeah, the things that or are like available at the, the shop, the food that's available. But it, by and large, those things are pretty consistent and not super swingy in terms of like. No, no. Something's, you're going to mostly find what you're looking for. Yeah, some things might just be better or worse. Right. Yeah. Like if you're going headlong on painting and you and you uncover if you visit a, a traveler oh, the and they help you paint again, that might that might really supercharge your deal or Right. Or Sometimes whatever. you might uncover somebody who gives you money and you already have more than you're gonna be able to use, so it's just not very beneficial. Yeah, but I mean th this game allows a ridiculous amount of planning that you can do ahead of time. A lot of times you're, there's asymmetric powers. So you know what your opponent yeah. is going to be kind of heading toward or what they or, should head towards from the start. what they get a benefit for. Yeah, everyone gets to pick a, a character at the beginning. The ghost traveler doesn't have any kind of no. benefit because they also aren't a lot like the Taj Mahal and Furnace. They're not accumulating anything. No, they're Sometimes not when you're, in the game. They're just interfering with the game. Right. There's kind of like walking through. Sometimes when you're playing one player games and there's like a solo mode where you're playing against some sort of AI, that AI player is actually acquiring things and maybe has a modified score, but is really fully interacting with all the pieces. And that's not, he's, he's just wandering around this one. So he doesn't have an asymmetric power like you and your other real opponent do. And he's not actually gathering anything. So he's not taking anything away. When he goes to like the painting spot or if he goes, does he take a meal? I don't think he takes a meal either. I don't think he takes a meal. I think uh, I'd have to look. I maybe. think he doesn't. Maybe he takes a random meal or maybe, maybe there's, like fewer, maybe there's meal. fewer meals in the in the stack. Yeah. Yeah. But that was one that we found pretty early on. Takedo, um, it was released in 2012 and we maybe, I don't know, we maybe got that game kind of close to when it was released. Yeah, it was good. We got the original edition. We loved it. We bought the really fancy one with the metal coins. Yeah, we have the collector's edition now. Yeah, that was one of the ones we found early as we were getting into board gaming. And it was very exciting to find a two-player version of the game. We hadn't really gotten into two-player only games. Mm -mm. And we played a lot with other people. Now I'd say we play more two-player just ourselves than we did at than we did before. I think this still, we haven't played it in a long time, but this remains one of my favorite two-player games. Yeah, this is kind of a... I mean, we got the collection edition, but this is like a permanent collection game for us. I can't, I imagine that we would keep that forever. Yeah, it's never going to be in the coal pile. No, no, there's some big coal piles. Too. Thank you so much for listening to episode 11 of Board Games with Variant Hex. Be sure to subscribe to know when new episodes drop because we have no schedule. You can follow us on Twitter, Instagram, or Twitch, all at Variant Hex. We have a website and a blog at VariantHex.com. And of course, you can email us at podcast at VariantHex.com. If you know of any other games that have a two-player variant, which includes a third-player ghost, we'd like to know. This was very hard to find examples for. We just used the examples on our shelf. And that's all for now. Thank you so much for spending time with us today.